0: This is When Spirit Calls, and you, on your journey, are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning, shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. another one spirit calls and I have another wonderful guest as always you know when I first met the guest that's on today I was moved by his passion to help others and to share wisdom and knowledge so I'm delighted to introduce you today to Paul Sahoda. Paul is a certified professional coach he offers one-on-one coaching group programs mentoring and is a Silva Ultramind ESP certified instructor coach paul is committed powerful compassionate and a leader with a life devoted to inspiring others to reach their goals and live their dreams paul began personal development in 1996 working with one of the oldest foundational personal development companies linking back to napoleon hill the author of think and grow rich paul has worked from the age of nine at many different jobs born in northern india He immigrated to Canada with his family in 1968 when he was just eight years old. Paul is now happily married to his life partner, Tanya, since 1985. He's a proud father of two brilliant children and one granddaughter, and she is the new light of his life. Paul loves all sports, but his favorite is basketball, and he resides near Vancouver, BC in Canada. Please join me in welcoming Paul to the show today. Welcome back, listeners, to When Spirit Calls. You've just learned a little bit about Paul, Coach Sahoda. He is our guest today. Hi, Paul.
1: Good afternoon, my dear. How are you?
0: I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to have you here because, number one, we don't interview a lot of men. And I am (laughs) making it my mission this year to have more of the masculine energy. So that makes me really happy but I'm also very interested because I had the privilege of doing an Akashic experience with you. And man, I saw so many brilliant things in there about you. And I am so excited to hear you share today. Now, for our listeners today, I really want them to get to know who is Coach Sahoda, and how did you become Coach Sahoda? What was your process? And, you know, of course, you know, seeing the theme of When Spirit Calls. I would love to know, as you went on your journey, as you went on your path, what were those nudges that spirit was really, you know, guiding you in uh, to be where you are today? So I'm going to let you take the floor for a while and, and let us hear your story.
1: You know, Diana, I want to thank you, first of all, for having this opportunity to, I know we had a great time with the Oscar record that we did, my wife and I, and uh, it's such an honor to be here. And my, you know what, sometimes... The nudges for me, I was born in a little village in India, and we've done so much work back there. We go to orphanages and stuff, and and I remember uh, we there's 36 36 of us went to Bali one time, and we worked with two different orphanages, and I remember sitting there at the end of it, I did a debriefing with all the students that we had there. The Western mentality is, what did you guys learn that we can always do more? Mm. I go, no, but they're perfect as they are already. Right? I said, I was that kid in the village in the old country. All my hope is I just light that little fire with them that they see them bigger than their situation where they're at. Mm. For me, was when we came, we actually had nothing. Like I remember coming here and, and dad, I didn't meet my dad uh, when I was eight years old. He came to see me at school in grade uh, two. I was getting the strap under this oak tree. And we didn't know my twelve times table, and I see this guy dressed, you know, in a nice suit standing by the front. I wonder who he is, you know. And then I realize that's my dad. After and for <laughs> he's, he's seeing his son getting the strap, right? I was thinking, oh, what an introduction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then when we came. Um, one of the neat stories for me was how even my mom was very. Mom was. We lost mom two years ago, and and she such was a intuitive person. She was so connected. I remember us going to Delhi. I didn't want to leave the village, so I remember taking off the day we were going to go. I went hid in. We had a mango orchard, well, orchard, cost about ten trees. I remember sitting in his mango trees for about three, four hours hiding, eating mangoes all morning. <laughs> and then they find me. I come down. We go to Delhi, and now we get there. There's a medical examination. Now they want a stool sample, <laughs> right? So we eating mangoes all day. It wasn't real much of a stool sample. <laughs> So my mom has this brilliant idea. She splits my brother's stool in two, sends it off to get it, you know, to get it tested, the medical examination. And I'm thinking, we're coming to this very high country called Canada. And I realized we found out two days later, I passed, but my brother failed. (laughs) And it was the same piece of, you know what.
0: (laughs) That is something.
1: And thinking on their thinking on her feet. So for me, uh, one of the big aha moments for me, so we came in 68, I didn't go back till 84. Wow. And my great grandfather was going to be 110 years old. And uh, so I wanted to go back and just, you know, because I didn't know how much time he had left on, on the physical realm. I remember going to grandpa and he says to me, he says, my my biggest disappointment was he didn't recognize me because he, he was starting to lose it a bit. And I realized why didn't it come sooner? Because I was working and making money Mm -hmm. caught by the physical stuff of, you know, what we need, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. But it hit me that he kept telling me, he says, I can't walk. I can't walk. I can't walk. And I'm thinking, okay, Gramps, you're 110. I didn't think you'd be doing wind sprints. Right. (laughs) And, uh, but the big aha moment for me was I heard some noise middle of the night. I get up and look outside. My grandfather gets off his bed, walks 40 yards to the to get grass from the shed, and he walks another 40 yards other direction, drops it in the manger where the water buffaloes are, and he does this twice. Right? So how do you think he could walk at night time he couldn't do it during the day? What do you think, Deanne? Do
0: you think do you think mind mind over matter? I think is
1: Well, he's sleepwalking.
0: Ah, yeah. He,
1: in your conscious mind, we live our life through our five senses we only see our limitations through our conscious mind but in our subconscious mind there's no limitation that's right right so what in there he doesn't see any that he he does what his heart says to do yeah and that's when it hit me and i thought wow this is so cool And that's my journey started realizing there was so much more to this
0: oh i love that story i i love this This experience of seeing, you know, your grandfather who 110, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's up there. The fact that he was even conscious is a big deal.
1: Well, yeah. And,
0: And yet he showed you something, even at that age, even though he was preparing his exit, so to speak. Yeah. He was able to bring to the surface something so profound for you to see, hey, my grandpa, when he's conscious, doesn't think he can walk. But when he's unconscious, he's walking. So that,
1: See, that's what it hit me was that how many other people do that? Yes. So that's when I had to discover, I started discovering the mind. I need to work on this and work on this. And then we went, my mom and dad were, um, they wanted to see every Sikh temple. Right. I remember driving on the bus tour, eight hours this mountaintop. And then we got out while we're getting out. And I'm sitting there, I see this gentleman, corner of my eye, I've been kind of coy, he's sanding marble. And I don't know why, but instantly, I just felt sorry for him. Mm. I don't say nothing. We go from a tour about, I think it was eight, nine hours. We come back and he's still sanding marble. And I get on the bus, but I sat down and all of a sudden, I got this little rush and I just felt jealous of him. Mm. And I'm sitting there, okay. And the bus is about to leave. I said, hold on, bus driver. I said, hold on. I have to to go finish something. I said, I I forgot something. He lets me off the bus and I walk over to him. And he says to me, he said, I saw you this morning. I go, really? I said, I was trying to be kind of coy. You know, not. um, And he goes, nice watch. I go, thank you. And he says to me, he says, every hour you chase the dollar. And I go, okay. And I haven't worn a watch since 84. Wow. And he says, I have a question for you. And I said, okay. He goes, a hundred years from now, who's gonna have your houses? I says, well, my kids. Then he goes, 200 years from now, he goes, I I had no idea. He says, here's the thing. When we're born, we have no hair, no clothes, no teeth. And that's exactly how we'll leave. Mm -hmm. But everything in the middle, we rent. And and I asked because I said, I said, you are so much at peace. And he says, here's the thing in the Western culture, search for knowledge, we become hoarders. Yeah. More degrees, more education, more toys, more cars, blah, Horror. blah, blah.
0: Yeah. And
1: he goes, the older we get, we want enlightenment. Mm-hmm. So to get enlightenment, we released everything we gathered. He goes, what's his journey really about then? And he says, and I got it for me that it hit me. That's why he's so much at peace because he's in service. Yes. And that's the journey, because, like Zig Ziglar said, give enough people what they want, you always get in return what you want. Absolutely. So that's, and then I realized that was my purpose, and it and it's dawned on me, it's world peace one mind at a time. Mm,
0: Beautiful.
1: And for me to do that. I had a vision in about 1980, no, 1990, 94, and we were doing personal development classes. And I saw this whole stadium full of people. And I'm sitting okay, that's kind of bizarre. Okay. I see that, but nobody had any heads.
0: Mm.
1: But then everybody, when we finished a class, every class I did, we touched people's lives, heads started popping up in the stadium. Ah. <laughs> and I realized, okay, right. That's the goal. That is it. Right. Help enough people calm the clutter so they can see their greatness from within.
0: I love that you're speaking to this because I think, you know, we live in this world that is so inundated with, you know, bright lights and shiny objects and all of these things that keep (laughs) us very distracted, you know, and... I, you know, I had an Indigenous teacher, uh, Oris Swadeski, and he told me that, you know, some of in many of the Indigenous cultures, when the woman would have the baby, they would actually stay inside the teepee or inside of the home uh, for the whole first year. And that they wow. could stay on a mother. It wasn't the mother that birthed him. It would be another grandmother or mother within the tribe. Yeah, that baby wouldn't be brought out into the outer world until such a time. And I believe if I remember correctly, it was about a year. And, you know, I kind of was questioning, like, well, why would they do that? And part of it is because they were easing the transition into this physical realm. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is we come out, we come out of our moms. And then it's like the world, right? And then we get Thrown into this, well, you have to do this, and you have to do this, and this is how you work hard, and this is how you make money, and this is how you have success, and so we've got caught up in this um I don't know, I feel like calling it a rapture in a way of like I need this thing, I need all these things in order to be happy, and so most people are playing the I'll be happy when game, you know that game, right,
1: Absolutely. right? I'll
0: be happy when the bill is paid, I'll be happy yeah. when, and I was living that life too. And you see,
1: there's a lie that's been told to us basically from birth. And the lie is, see, even when we're born, we were taught to go to our parents for answers.
0: Yeah.
1: Now we go to school, go to the teacher for answers. Now we go to college, go to the professor, university. Yeah. Uh, and then we go to workforce, go to the manager for answers. Yeah. What's been missing was we were never told to trust our inner voice. Yes. See, the world inside you creates the world outside. Nothing has ever been different.
0: Nope.
1: So we've been told not to trust this inner voice. Yeah. And so in that, we have self-doubt. hmm Right? I mean, I had a cute story. I, had a, I, had a, I do an open house every Thursday to give back. I teach people how to get back to the right side of their brain and you know um, let them experience this within half an hour it's equivalent to 2 to 3 hours of deep sleep wow okay and i remember this um this father um he showed up he showed up at the house and somebody brought him and 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 i and i says the biggest gift i can give you and you can give to your the kids that you work with bible study is to come saturday and sunday and to do the 2 day class And he says to me, he says, "Oh, I can't do that." He goes, "Sunday, I do God's work." And I go, "Wow!" I says, "God must be union; he only even works on
0: Sundays." (laughs) (laughs) And he looks
1: at me, and I says, "I said, sir, this is God's work." I says, "The thing is, right now you're talking from your ego." I says, "I know, in my heart of hearts, you have a tough time connecting with kids." And he looked at me, goes. Yeah, you're right. But I says, what are you going to do about it? Right? I says, I know you'll get the message when you show up on Sunday. I didn't show up. Right? And that's when I realized, you can take, my my grandfather just said to me, he said, you can take a horse to water, but you can never force him to drink it. Right. He goes, you can't help everybody. Right? Oh, yeah. People that are looking for help. That's the ones that they reach out to you. So the message has got to be constant. And, and if I, and I always tell people, I said, if I can get you to drop the 10 inches, right? So even the way our mind works, right? So even and one of the, that story you were saying, Sarah, about, the, about the native, um, with the baby. And one of the reasons that's a good thing because Harvard did a study in the late sixties and early seventies and they actually followed children. Up to age five, and then age eight. What they found was, from conception to five years old, everything's hardwired for them. Yeah. At five years old, fifty percent. How they're gonna live their life? Yeah. How much money they make? How they do relationships? It's hardwired. So where'd that fifty percent come from?
0: Right.
1: From their environment.
0: Yeah. From
1: outside influences. Could be the community. Could be the village. Whatever that is, okay? So for me, that's a great gift they're giving a child. They weren't letting the outside influences right. to get into their mind. Right. See, because here's the thing. If I ask you um a car, when I say a car, what do you see in your mind?
0: Okay, I picture my SUV.
1: Okay. When I say mind, what do you see in your mind?
0: My brain, actually.
1: Bingo. <laughs> People don't know what a mind is,
0: right? Uh, yeah, because I even know—I so, consciously know that that's not really my mind, but yeah, yeah, that's what I picture because that's all the pictures that I've seen. <laughs>
1: yeah, because we see the brain. We at school, we—that's—we associate the mind with the brain. Yes, but the brain, the mind is not in your in your in your head. It's every cell of your body.
0: Yes, agreed.
1: Right. So yeah. here's the thing. So let's say um, it was. Dr. Thurman, he actually designed a picture to explain to what the mind looks like. So let's say if you take about a three inch circle and then you take it along, make another one inch circle in the bottom. So the top circle you divide in half. The top part of the mind is your conscious mind. The bottom is your subconscious mind. Yeah. Your conscious mind is, it'll actually, it's a monitoring station. The five senses live there. That's how we've been living through our life. We see our life through our five senses. So all your limitations, everything is there. Okay. What you're going to realize, the deeper you go, the calmer your mind gets. So, but your subconscious mind is the genie. It cannot monitor anything. Whatever drops in, it believes to be the gospel truth. Okay. So as a child, we don't have any monitoring station. Everything drops into your subconscious mind. Yep. So that's brilliant what they're doing. They're actually controlling garbage getting in. That's it. Okay. So what happens though is your subconscious mind doesn't know right or wrong. It just knows what is.
0: Yep.
1: Okay. And that's also your emotional side. So whatever feelings you bring to it that puts your body into a vibration and that equals your results. Mm-hmm. But you don't know if the thought is negative or positive. That's what you get to decide.
0: That's right. That we, right? To, we judge that with our ego mind.
1: Yeah. But here's the thing. But we're not present in that. We're running on automatic.
0: <laughs> True. Right?
1: Yeah. 80% of the decisions you make today is done before you're eight years old. Wow. 80%. Right? No. Yeah. And the key here is. The key is how do you stay present in every second because a minute, the hours, the days will take care of themselves. What do people usually regret? If I'm here, I'm thinking I should be over there.
0: That's it. Yeah. It's always like I call it um, when I'm out at a restaurant and I want the other person's meal. It's like it's (laughs) food envy. I have food envy that, you know, they ordered the thing that I maybe wanted instead.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But the thing, because they're not trusting their own inner voice. Yeah. So if we can just stay present if you experience something fully we don't have to regurgitate it later life becomes simpler when you're being present
0: It does yeah. right
1: But the thing is what brings a life what brings a decision what brings a thought to life though We do No but there's there's a, something has to happen to the thought to come alive We have to bring emotions to it we have to bring feelings to it mm. I got you. right yeah. because so here's the thing. Have you ever somebody ever said, you know, they always said, how are you doing? Right. But the feeling also allows. It's a word that was invented to describe our conscious awareness of our vibration that we're in. Okay. So if when we're not feeling good, we're in lower vibration, right? When we're feeling or when we're feeling good, it's a higher vibration. Nothing good has ever come from feeling in a lower vibration. Nothing good has ever happened. It can't, it's impossible because those laws of the universe work 100% precisely. So when a lot of people run an automatic, they don't realize, okay, even now if you look, if you look in our society, you know, mental illness is a huge thing that's happening these days, right? What's meant you know depression is a huge thing. What's depression? It's anger that they've gone inside with so then the then the whole slippery slope starts.
0: yeah, and it does because when we're in that low vibration space, you know, we get so stuck in that. some people will even call it, you know, you can even call it a dark night of the soul or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in that space, it's like nothing's working, nothing can be manifested. Oh, however. I'm going to challenge your your comment that even though we might be in that low vibration state, we have a I'll call it a responsibility to then take that low vibration state and receive the learning or the lessons or use it as a catalyst. So Absolutely. I believe that that low vibration state, even though that if if we're stuck in it and we're in it and we're we can't get ourselves to observe ourselves in that, in that frequency, then yeah, we get stuck there and it's, it's not good. But if we can allow ourselves to become the observer or the witness, I call it, and you might have a different way of saying this, when we can look at that and say, Hmm, yeah, there's anger there or there's resentment there. What do I need to know? Because it's showing me something that maybe I didn't see before and all of a sudden we can start to learn from that and we can start to adjust. As soon as we can love on even the low vibration stuff, we begin to alchemize it. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes. The key is there's a decision being made.
0: Yes. That's the key. The
1: power is in the choice. Yes.
0: Yes. And in the individual to choose whether they want to see it that way or sit in the cesspool Bingo. or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I, I used to do this thing when my kids were younger, when they'd have a challenge, my goal was never to give many any answers. Because if I give them answers, I'm telling them I know better than them. I, I don't, because that's not my life. Ah. So I empower them to make their own choices and decisions. Any challenge they have, I used to write it on a piece of paper. Our dining room table has eight chairs. Right. And the challenge would go in the center of the table. Then they would sit in every chair and look at the challenge. By the time they got to the original chair, there's a solution for them.
0: Ah, neat. Right. What I love about that too is the opportunity to look at it from a different angle. So every That's, chair they yeah. sat in, was they're looking at it from a different perspective. I
1: always call it the third eye thing. So you can actually go there and hover. Yeah. And look at it, you know, and take the whole thing in. And I always tell him, I said, the, desi- the questions you ask yourself will make you who you want to become. The depth of the questions you ask.
0: Yeah. We've
1: never done that before. Yeah. I'm always asking myself, "Is it okay, what's my lesson here? What's this, you know, why Why did I just react this way?
0: Yeah. And and you're right, right. a lot of people don't do that because we're so stuck in it, you know?
1: Because they're on automatic, my dear. Yeah. Right? The automatics, I, I explain to people, it's like, you know, if you go down a highway, you'll see, well, if the, if the 18-wheeler trucks are always running that road, there's always a rut. Yeah. That's what our automatics are. You roll a ball down, it it just goes in the same path. Mm-hmm. And but at the end of it becomes a snowball, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. That's why, you know, that's why we're attracting because the vibration indicate what you're going to attract into your life. See that's so misunderstood. It's so simple, but it's so misunderstood.
0: That's right. Yeah, it really is. So what are your, you know, you talked about being present. Um, What are your suggestions for people to increase their vibration? Like if you could give us a few things that our listeners could take away and say this, this, and this, what would those things be aside from being present? uh, What are the things that we can do to increase our vibration?
1: Number one, just start thinking of good thoughts.
0: Our thinking. We get to choose our thoughts, you know, and you talked about choice as well. And we do get to choose our thoughts. And it doesn't mean that we necessarily have to spiritual bypass. You know, if something really bad happened, you know, we don't have to be like, oh, but I'm happy. I'm happy. We can say, oh, yeah, there's grief here. I see it. I hold space for it. But then I get to choose how I want to continually respond. That power of that choice in choosing my thoughts, I think that's huge. Because like you said, we're on automatic. So we forget that we can even choose the thoughts in the first place.
1: And everything in life is neutral, but we're not.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right. So it
1: doesn't matter what the event is. It's how we see the event and what motions we bring to it. Okay. So if you have pleasant thoughts, that'll change your vibration or go do something good for somebody else.
0: Mm, I love that. So that, you know, that is the idea of service, you know, yeah. what you mentioned as like, you know, being in service as we move through this world and, you know, allowing ourselves to do unto others as we would want others to do unto us.
1: Yeah. And then if you can go out of your way just to help somebody, just a random stranger, and be kind to yourself.
0: Ooh, self-compassion. Yeah. Self-love
1: is missing in our society.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think we've become our own worst critics, haven't we? And so there's this great opportunity for us to love on ourselves. You know, one of the things that um, I just spoke about in another podcast I recorded uh, was the idea of mothering ourselves and nurturing Mm -hmm. that unconditional love for ourselves. So I love that, and and you're right. All of these things contribute to raising our vibration.
1: And yeah, and, and I was just talking to somebody uh, yesterday, and we we're talking about uh, um, being in service. And I says, but you can't be in service unless your cup is full first. Mm-hmm. So you can't give to others what you don't have. So we can talk about I'm going to do this, this, but you're out integrity if you're not doing it for you. So you know it's like the they always talk about in the airplane, right? Something happens, a mask come down. Who do you put it on first?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Even yourself, even before your kids.
0: Yeah, you cannot pour from an empty cup, you know. And so yeah. when I talk about service, you know, firstly, I don't believe service equals sacrifice. I think that that's oh. old. That's, you know, but we saw, I saw my mothers do that. My grandmothers, my mom, you know, where they would pour and they'd be in service and giving and giving and giving and not, and not filling their own cups. And what ended up happening is illness and not being able to, to do anything, you know? And so I think that's important to just touch on because I believe that at the same time, As much as boundaries are integral as part of that being in service, because I don't want to say yes to doing something that I don't really want to do or I don't have the capacity to do. I can't do that anymore, you know, because again, you're shooting yourself in the foot. But what I can say to be true is that when I am in service, I receive something there. So regardless of whether it's a monetary exchange or a gift or something, when I'm in service, I'm not expecting anything to come back to me on a tangible level but i know that energetically speaking my cup gets filled
1: but see here's the thing my dear our society that like you've done some work on you that's not how our society thinks mm. so in a, in a common layman person um i was just doing that we were in mexico with a friend of mine i says here's a question would you rather give or receive mm. well, what would your answer be
0: i would rather give."
1: Okay, why is that?
0: Because it feels good.
1: Yeah, feels good. Gives you the warm and fuzzies. Okay, so why would you not, why do you find receiving harder than giving?
0: And you're right. Most of us do find receiving harder than giving.
1: What's it for you though?
0: Um, It is worthiness. It is. So
1: why would you rather, so why is it so hard for you to receive? So you don't think you're worthy of it?
0: Because I, you know, again, it goes back to old, old patterns of belief system of being in service. And so even though now that I'm in the place that I am, I would actually say that we need both for those to work service, uh, giving and receiving have to come hand in hand. They have, they, they yeah. balance each other out that, that is the only way for that to work beautifully. But if I think about how I was raised, it was like, oh no, you give first, you yeah. give first, you give first. And I watched, like I said, I watched grandmothers and my mother constantly give to satisfy and people please.
1: So right. let me tie it in a bowl for you because I remember my dad used to say, never show a sign of weakness. Mm. Put up a good front.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And uh, so here, here I'm going to throw some rice against the wall, see if this, this sticks. Yeah. So, reason we love to give, because it gives us the warm and fuzzies. It makes us feel good. But underneath it all also strokes her ego.
0: Sure it does. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: So when it comes to receiving, I was told that was a sign of weakness.
0: Ah, uh, yeah.
1: Right? So it doesn't matter what it is. Somebody says, you want, you know, I'll get you coffee. First thing up their mouth is without even thinking, the automatic, oh, no, thank you.
0: Right? Yes. Right?
1: Because it's like this.
0: Uh. Right? So, but here's the thing, again,
1: what you enjoy so much when you're giving, I can never experience that around you, my dear, because you won't receive.
0: Right, yeah.
1: So, we're actually, uh, the strength is in the receiving.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because we're comfortable in our skin to actually receive.
0: Absolutely.
1: I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying. That's it's gotta come both ways because otherwise you're closing yourself off from the source giving you in return. Yeah, That's going to come back, but we shut that down because our our ego won't allow it because I'm okay.
0: Right? And yes, there is an energy of rejection that shows up there, right? Angle. So you know you can give all you want, but if you're not willing to receive Again, yeah. I, I I mentioned shooting yourself in the foot as kind of the you know the the idea of that, and and that's the truth of it is that we are in a society that is stuck. It's like we're at an odds there, aren't we?
1: Mm-hmm. So, because they're not they're not willing to think for themselves, right? Because we've been told to look outside us for answers, right? Yep,
0: back to the inward, you know, back
1: back into. Into that don't trust you, don't you know, and that that's why people want an amazing life, right? people want to have the key to have an amazing life is to use your higher faculties,
0: yes, to use what is innately given to you,
1: yeah, but a lot of people don't know what that is
0: right, yeah,
1: like there's number one is usually perception, reason, imagination. Um, what's the other one? Intuition, memory, and will, those are your intuitive factor, your higher faculties. So, reason, perception is when you can change the way you look at the world, the world changes. Yes, reason is see, everybody, reason gives you the ability to actually think, to challenge yourself, yeah, imagination. Anything you can have here, you can hold.
0: Yeah. Anything that we can Anything. Have in so you, our mind we can
1: Sometimes we have these our whole our whole goal in this physical realm is to have an amazing life.
0: Yeah.
1: Audio's yeah. big life.
0: Yeah.
1: We'll clean up the mess after.
0: <laughs> right?
1: The biggest thing is is to dream big because if you're dreaming big, you's gonna if you're gonna to touch tons of people, the source will help you to get that. Yeah. Right. Memory, there's no such thing as a bad memory. Mm-hmm. We all have photo memories, but we don't believe it.
0: Right.
1: Intuition, yeah. see, to me, that's my favorite part.
0: Mine too. <laughs> because then
1: you're connecting with the higher faculties. It's a psychic ability that can be developed to actually fine-tune, connect with the source. Yes. I remember one day I was sitting here, and Mom used to always say, if you sneeze... Don't leave the house. Oh. <laughs> right? And all of a sudden I sneezed and I sat there. Okay, so I waited 10 seconds. Right? <laughs> so I get to the road. I turn left and my light goes green and this red truck runs a red light.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: And I just said, thank you.
0: <laughs> because right? you waited that extra 10 seconds. That
1: Bingo. I, I would have been T-boned.
0: Oh, I better okay, don't sneeze and then leave the house immediately after. <laughs> yes.
1: Because there's a the source is telling you something. Yeah. The yeah. last one is the will. The
0: will. Yeah.
1: Okay. The will is the ability to hold an idea on the screen of your mind without any outside distractions. Mm-hmm. If we can implement these into our daily lives.
0: Yes.
1: Your vibration will be, always be up here.
0: Beautiful. And all the
1: challenges Everything else just rolls off you,
0: yeah, like a duck in
1: water, because yeah. nothing like that will even stick to you because yeah. it's it's not resonating,
0: exactly, yeah, I was
1: telling my daughter I says you'll walk ten feet tall,
0: yeah, isn't that amazing? great, I love those, you know, I'd never heard it put in that context before, so I really appreciate that you brought that to the surface for us to hear those those um higher aspects of our beingness, uh because I think all of these tools and insights help us to come into our deeper knowing and understanding who we are and remembering who we are. Yeah. So, you know, we're out of time. I've got to wrap it up. But yeah. oh, my gosh, Coach Sahota, I have loved hearing your stories. I feel like we could just sit and just go back and forth all day. But I am going to wrap it up. You gave us. Can I just, just got
1: to say one more thing. Yes, so it just, just came, came in. Today.
0: Final <laughs> words.
1: <laughs> because at the end of the day. Your job is the best you can be Hmm. not the best, what your, your mom and dad think you are not the best your hubby or your spouse thinks you are, or your kids. You are It's the best you want to be.
0: Absolutely. So
1: what's, what's your truth. And that's it.
0: (laughs) Well, I love that because I, I think that we all get caught up in that and, and you know, we are, we get so conditioned and we get so lost in that. And, I love that you're doing this work to help people remember who they really are and to understand themselves more deeply. I think it's so powerful. I know that you have a gift to give our listeners. Uh, so they're going to get a gift from you. And I think we've got a couple of gifts. Um, so we've got some meditations that will go out or that we'll have links to as well as a complimentary 30 minute coach session with coach Sahota. So Folks, if spirit is calling you and drawing you towards uh, Coach Sahoda, please do check out those links that we're going to put in the notes and please do reach out to Coach Sahoda. He has obviously a lot of stories to share that can help us to deepen our own understanding, to become more awake to what this world really has to offer and what it's here for. So, Thank you so much for taking the time to be with all of us today.
1: It was such a pleasure. I just realizing that, thank you for allowing me to live my purpose. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm getting goosebumps. I was talking to a friend of mine, we're talking about what's the richest soil on this planet? Mm -hmm. Graveyards. Uh Because people have gone with the song still in their mind, Uh the book they wanted to read yeah the inventions they wanted to do yeah you know the legacy they wanted to left because they're going to do it tomorrow right yeah guys be present enjoy this journey because this is only one we're going to have and fulfill your destiny design your own life and not not a life by default design your own life with what you want
0: yeah amen What a wonderful way to end today. Thank you so much again, Coach Sahota. Thank you,
1: my dear. It was a pleasure.
0: And until next time, everybody, we'll see you then on When Spirit Calls. Bye for now. So happy you could join us today, and we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, please join me at rosehope.ca and when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.